The World Cup, on off the ball, covering the good, the bad and, well, the ugly of what's happening in Qatar. Neymar can push the ball between your legs because he just sees things. Subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast feed now. It is Movember and Gillette in association with Movember, Effortless Shave, Magnificent Mo are asking you to donate now at Movember.com or you can also donate to our next guest, Ian Ward, the King of Chemo, who is on the line now. Good evening, Ian. How are you doing? Uh, first of all, I am making myself unique by not having anyone donate. I get the sponsors to do that. They just The normal people have to just follow the channel and then take advantage of marketing. Ah, brilliant. I should point out for anyone who's listening on the radio here, you are wearing an actual crown. Is that a, is that an everyday occurrence? Uh, surprisingly, it is actually the comfiest way I find around the gaff to actually just have my hair dry because they have a little bit of exposure, but then like these long locks aren't flopping around in front of my face. So sometimes I open the front door to like a postman or something and he has a, a weird eye at me and then it's like, oh God, of course, <laughs> you forgot to take off the bloody crown. <laughs> uh, it suits you. It suits you. Uh, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's uh, so we get we, we come back to the the fundraising and what you want people to do and how they can help sponsors uh, give all that money to cancer research. Can you bring us through your story and back to 2019 and the discovery of a brain tumor? Yeah. So uh, I went in to do a medical trial, and by just sheer amazing luck, they were doing ones that involved. Uh, something to do with the mind. Therefore, they had to do an MRI scan on the brain. Now, I've done a few of these um, human guinea pig trials before, and I've never had anything to do with an MRI whatsoever, let alone an MRI for the head. And they were able to find a benign, well, so they said a benign tumor. Then the next time they went in and they got it scanned, uh, they said, all right, we were absolutely wrong. This is not a benign tumor. This is like growing like COVID, uh, we need to operate on this uh, as soon as possible. And then when they uh, did the the biopsy on the tumor after I'd gone through the cranioptomy, which was loads of fun, I recommend everybody do a cranioptomy, especially one that is awake. Very fun. And then they said, okay, this is a, this is a cancerous um, tumor, uh, stage three glioblastoma. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's not the greatest result, but it's not the worst. And then I was like, all right, may as well just take advantage of the pity party that I'm going to get with this and see what I can make of it. And, uh, try to break a world record for raising the most money for running a marathon. What age were you in 2019 when, when you were given the diagnosis? Uh, given the first one, I was 30. Then when I was given the second, uh, diagnosis where it's like, this is cancer. We need to bring this in. It's growing. I no, I was still 30, and then uh, 31 when I was doing my uh, brain surgery. It was like two weeks after my birthday, so woohoo! I've been following you on social media, and you're, you're such a, a brilliantly positive person. Uh, what are those initial days like, though? You know, I, I know you're talking there about a pity party and milking it for all it's worth and all of that, but uh, like in reality, what are those first few days like when you're given that diagnosis? Uh, honestly, it didn't seem so bad because like uh, straight away, the doctor was just getting onto uh, the glass half full side of things where it's like you've come in without symptoms. That is completely unheard of for someone who's your age. It never happens in his entire career. There's only one person who's come in. And I think even then they were saying that they were like 37. So 
Uh, and then he talked about how the plasticity of the brain, the younger you are, the more likely it is that you'll have a huge recovery rate. Uh, so I, he was saying that likely what's going to happen is that you'll have uh, issues with your speech for uh, about a year, but you should come back to full recovery. And that was solved within six days. So it seemed to me that this is, uh, even though they were saying like the average person who has your condition has a shelf life of about five years, we got out of them. Uh, which they never want to say. And it's it's Hollywood films where it's like, you know, you got three days to live. They don't say that. They never want to say that sort of thing. And uh, But we were saying, all right, come on, stats-wise, uh, from your own experience, what? how long do we have? And uh, But even at that, because of my youth, they don't have a lot of um, uh, research around people like me who come in at my age with no symptoms. So... There's a lot of more positives than uh, the title would say, but we can still use that title to raise money because people always like that sort of, um, what would you call it, underdog mm. sort of tone to it. You mentioned there, uh, maybe ironically, the, the sheer amazing luck of coming in with absolutely no symptoms, undergoing a medical trial and, and discovering this diagnosis. Do you look at it as luck that they found it at that stage? that you had, you know, maybe more time than a lot of people would have had without realizing that you had that brain tumor or and and were able to live your life absolutely normally and not not have the thoughts that you might have had afterwards? Or would you prefer to have known sooner and start um, treatment sooner? I mean, knowing sooner is always like, you know, the benefit. I would have preferred to have not got it in the first place. Hmm. But like, you got to you got to play with the cards that you dealt. And I feel like even though I haven't gotten the greatest hand, like I got a certain amount of advantages to the fact that it's almost like I know everybody else's cards trying to sticking with the poker uh, metaphor here. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can cry and complain about like everything that is wrong in your life, but that's not going to get you anywhere. How quickly did you come to that realization? An hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what about the people around you what about your family um well i mean it's the same sort of thing like the, there's a reason that during certain wars when people would like start getting afraid and running away they'd be executed it's because emotions are uh, transferable to other people and so that they didn't want the caritas uh spreading around and it's the same sort of thing that if you walk in somewhere with a big positive um outlook on things it's difficult for everybody to start crying around you so, uh, no, I don't think anyone's had very much of a, a hard time on that. It, it feels from seeing your social media profile and listen, it's, it's never a full reflection on somebody's life that you, you go at things full throttle. Was, was that pre-diagnosed as well? That was just your personality? Uh, in some regards, yeah. But I think it's, it's increased massively now because uh, I feel like I have far more of a purpose as to what to do uh, with my life. Like, I, I was quite happy with my life, but like, because I, I, I'm a big person that believes in like, uh, whatever job you're going for, make sure that you really enjoy it and money doesn't really matter too much. And so I, I was working in, as a fitness class instructor and I, I love that, but there's a... Uh, the career development sort of thing wasn't very uh, promising. It was the kind of thing where it's like start my own business, start my own gym, which I didn't really want to do because I was aware of how much hassle that would be. Uh, but outside of that, there's not really much um, sort of career progression. Same sort of thing where it's like I don't want to try and become like a world-class social media uh, um, physical therapist because or a uh, uh, personal 
trainer because again that's incredibly difficult and i just didn't have the get up and go to do that but now i do have that get up and go to um do the sort of cancer related charity stuff that i'm doing every day now I don't, i'm not doing enough it's 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 brilliant i can't wait until at some point the channel is so big that people are asking like hey will you do this talk will you do that uh race will you do this 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 and i'm just like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. more 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 so did you sit down and when you made a decision you wanted to do something and go through the possible options of, you know, I'm just going to train for six months and run one marathon or I'm going to run a lot of marathons or what was the thought process behind, actually, this is going to be a long journey where I'm going to try and raise more money maybe than anyone's ever raised before? Um, yeah, well, it was just an, like I knew uh, I already had knowledge in being physically fit and physical challenges. And I knew that like any kind of physical challenge that is done by someone who has a physical disability and cancer has that title, even though I personally, because it's brain cancer, I quite luckily, again, uh, don't have physical uh, impinging um, problems. So I can just use the title of I have cancer, but not be of a disadvantage because I have it. And therefore, when I start adding to the the story that I'm doing all these physical things that are difficult for the average person, it seems like, oh, he's got cancer as well, even though it doesn't actually affect me. It just makes the um, tells the story better. So using using it against itself. So what are you doing? Uh, the latest thing that we're going to be doing is me and a man uh, who is originally from Ireland as well, but lives in uh, lives in London, uh, Aidy Phelan. He's been on The Late Late Show donkeys years ago. Uh, we are going to cycle all the way across America. He's doing it more for the, uh, the mental health side of things, but I am obviously doing it uh, for the cancer side of things. But both of us uh, appreciate the other thing just as much. Uh, as it happens, we're starting on the 5th of January and the 6th of January is uh, a, the decade anniversary of one of my friends who lost his life to suicide. So it's it's very personal for everybody. He, on the 5th of January, his father died of cancer um, due to uh, he wasn't able to see him over COVID. So like there's, there's loads of different uh, aspects in both of our lives that have crossover. So, yeah, the whole way across America by bicycle only. Uh, I'll, it, it, it's an incredible thing you're doing and the training you've been undertaking and like, to be honest when I first saw some of your videos online I thought you were undertaking this on behalf of somebody else who'd been diagnosed with cancer such was uh, the physical strain you seem to be putting on yourself has it been a strain how's your body responded to the the training you've been doing and the and the building up to this yeah, it's been taxing in a lot of ways, but uh, in more of a, an annoying way than anything else because um, while the marathon training was going slowly increasing, for some reason, uh, the London and the Dublin marathon were far slower than uh, ones that I had done earlier in the year, even though I've been very carefully uh, clocking in quite a few miles. And I don't know what that was for because it's not like they were particularly earlier things. But I mean, that's just part of um, part of any kind of drive towards something that is successful and difficult to do. If you don't have failures or if you don't have points where everything isn't always going on a steady increment up, then it's not a good story and it's not an honest one. How do your doctors react when you tell them you're undertaking these sort of challenges? Oh, yeah, they're grand. Like even when I was doing my um, radiotherapy and chemotherapy, when I was saying to them, 
hey, is it okay if I run into the hospital because I'm training for uh, a marathon? And they were all just like, yeah, fine. <laughs> like that. I was expecting there'd be like, you know, uh, that sort of extra mommy, daddy sort of sound to it where it's like, you know, oh, you need to be careful. Make sure you wear a helmet and all this. But they were just like, yeah, sure. Exercise is um, uh, encouraged. So I was just like, all right, Grant, got the doctor's thumb up. Does that ever enter your head? I need to be careful. Um, I mean, yeah, I suppose with certain things, but more things that are related to the actual sport it's or the um, the marathons themselves. So I used to be really into uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I, because I have a bit of a gammy knee, I don't want to uh, do jiu-jitsu anymore because if I mess up my um, uh, meniscus, if I get further meniscus damage, it doesn't just mean that I won't be able to do jiu-jitsu. It means that I'm not going to be able to run the marathons and even though I much prefer, I wish that you could do like, you know, hey, I'm going to enter a jiu-jitsu tournament and I'm going to raise money for cancer research. But running a marathon is just more associated with like uh, people know it more, people understand it more. So it's just the superior way to do it in terms of raising money for uh, for the charity. And how are you keeping day to day then when you're not training, when you're, when you're just having downtime, when you're just relaxing, sitting on the couch and have probably time to think maybe too much time to think uh i don't take days off there's days where you have recovery but uh, recovery isn't a day off if you want to be uh focused on your training recovery is days where you're stretching you're uh, like the dog gets walked every day and uh, all that sort of thing so um no as often as i uh, i'm physically able to do it i'm always 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 training so i mentioned the- not when it's making videos on the social media platform to in encourage more sponsors and the rest of it or uh sometimes i'll be doing uh some events sort of thing so this would be included in that sort of uh roster so to speak and then the odd time they'd be like teaching fitness classes hopefully that's going to be a new thing that we're going to start regularly doing with uh jim and coffee who are the new uh the latest on the sponsor list so yeah it's just keeping busy so talk to us about the fundraising then and how you've gone about that because you say it's not a case of uh, people listening in tonight just donating individually. You've got uh, a group of companies that you're trying to get involved and get them to give the money on behalf of people. Yes. So uh, when I first started doing this, uh, I looked into uh, how people, well, just out of curiosity in general, I was always like, how do people on social media actually make the money? Because they don't make it from YouTube or TikTok or whatever. And that company pays them a a tiny amount, but like they're millionaires. What makes them millionaires? Ah, of course, sponsorship. Now, it's the same principle as radio or television, where uh, if you have a popular uh, television show every so often you have to have ad breaks and that's actually where the money is being made and that's not really much different to how people on social media uh make money in um there's obviously some exceptions to that like twitch they get uh donations from um the the viewers themselves often for doing certain things and i wanted to incorporate stuff like that as well and uh, I just found that it was uh, a kind of a way to take advantage of um, of marketing because apart from the difference of being like, I'm not asking you for money, hopefully people will listen and be like, yeah, I know people with cancer. Everybody knows people with cancer. It's like Thanos, you know, where he snaps the fingers. Half the population is affected by it, but the other half, they're just as affected by it because they miss the people or they, they're worried about the people that are going through those um, situations. And so I was like, okay, it affects everybody, 
And now the problem that people are always saying about donations is that they don't have the money, which I've kind of taken out of the scenario. And then with the channel being really huge, I'm able to go up to certain companies and say, hey, look, uh, I will advertise your product and uh, you donate not to me directly to cancer research, which most big companies already have a budget set out for donating to um, charities. So it just sort of incentivizes them to do it more. And it's worked a bit so far. £100,000 raised for the last year, and we've reset it now. So we haven't got new um, donations in, but they always come at the end of the year after companies have done their quarters and whatnot. Uh, if people want to follow your journey, then what's the easiest way? Uh, the King of Chemo on whatever platform you are uh, more likely to be using. So YouTube, uh, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok is the one that's the um, got the largest numbers. But I put videos up on an even amount of scale on all of them. Uh, Ian, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you're a remarkably inspirational man. And uh, I think wearing the crown well-deserved. <laughs> yeah thanks very much it's solid gold is it of course of course made in the hills of Ireland <laughs> brilliant uh, Ian uh, very best of luck uh, very best of luck with the cycle as well and hopefully we get to check you in with you again around that yeah by all means like we'll be doing as much media as humanly possible because while we're still doing the, the cycle it sounds like it's going to be a lot of work every single day but I reckon the most amount of work is going to be how much we're going to be promoting it off uh, off the road uh, yeah, the cycling will be hard work too, though, I suspect. So uh, very best of luck with that, Ian. And uh, thanks a lot for talking to us and off the ball. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Uh, Ian Ward there, the king of chemo, as you said. If you want to follow Ian's journey, uh, the king of chemo uh, on all the social media channels.